0: I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH in Boston. What's for lunch? It's one of my favorite questions, always. You listeners have been helping us with answers in recent days, Instagramming your meals using the hashtag What's for Lunch and telling us how what you eat might be changing because of climate change. What's for Lunch? It's also the name of an upcoming series of reports on the world. The world's environment editor, Peter Thompson, is producing the series. Why are we featuring these stories, Peter? And why the name, What's for Lunch?
1: Well, the inspiration
0: for the series, Marco,
1: was really just a couple of of very basic facts that are both at once very simple and incredibly complicated. The first is that growing enough food is really the basis of human civilization, it's always been a big challenge, but it's becoming even more so because of the second of these facts, which is that agriculture is really right in the crosshairs of climate change. All right, how so? Well, some of the most basic effects of climate change will have huge impacts on agriculture. Think of things like rising sea levels, rising temperatures, changing patterns of rainfall and drought, where and when insects show up. And then at the same time, agriculture itself is a major part of the climate problem because it uses huge amounts of fossil fuels, and it also produces huge amounts of greenhouse gases. So how we get our food will change, and together with the folks at Homelands Productions, who are our partners in this project, we wanted to talk with people around the world who are working on some of those changes. And as for the name, lunch, I guess in some ways, is is the most ordinary of meals, and we thought it would help us capture how this massive global challenge
0: it's going to affect some of the most mundane parts of our lives. I mean, my own little contribution to this global challenge is I try to shop as locally as possible now. I've been illustrating my habits on Instagram, like our listeners, using that hashtag, what's for lunch, what's number four lunch. And it's making me think. Uh, but the toughest thing about all this climate change versus food puzzle for me is getting information about the food I eat, where it comes from. How is all this affecting you personally? Well, I I think about this
1: stuff all the time, and it's just as hard for me, I think, and my family as it is for for you and for everybody else who, who tries to be aware of the environmental impact of their food. Where our food comes from, your question is certainly a big part of that, not merely because of the food miles issue, how far our food travels to get to us, but also because one really important response to the challenge of climate change is building local resilience. Food supplies are going to be disrupted to different degrees at different times in different places, which makes it really important for every region to be as self-sufficient as possible. Not an easy task, of course. No place will ever be able to completely achieve it. Just as important, of course, are things like cutting down on the energy and other inputs that go into our food. There are resources out there that can help people figure these things out, but it can still be incredibly difficult. Our hope is that the series and our online components of it will help our listeners at least a bit. So what are some of the highlights? Well, we're going to be looking at solutions uh, people are working on around the world, local, global, high-tech, low-tech. So just to sort of illustrate that range, we're going to be going to Mexico, where a grain that was once a staple there is uh, being brought back. It's called amaranth. It's extremely nutritious, just as important. It's very resistant to drought, heat, and pests. We'll also be going to the Netherlands, where researchers are exploring alternatives to traditional animal protein, among them things like lab-grown meat.